The Pendant Shakespeare presents the seventh and final chapter of William Shakespeare's Henry VI, Part One. The regent conquers and the Frenchmen fly! Now help you, charming spells and periaps, as you try spirits that admonish me and give me signs of future accidents. You speedy helpers that are substitutes under the lordly monarch of the north. Appear and aid me in this enterprise. This speed and quick appearance are used proof of your accustomed diligence to me. Now you familiar spirits that are culled out of the powerful regions under the earth. Help me this once, that France may get in the field. They walk and speak not. Ah, oh, hold me not with silence over long. Where I was wont to feed you with my blood, I lop off a member and give it to you in earnest of a further benefit. So you do condescend to help me now. No, no hope to have redress. My body shall pay recompense if you will grant my sin. Cannot my body nor blood sacrifice entreat you to your wanted furtherance? Then take my soul, my body, soul and all. Before that England, give French the foil. See, they forsake me. Now the time is come that France must veil her lofty plumed crest and let her head fall into England's lap. My ancient incantations are too weak, and hell too strong for me to buckle with. Now, France, thy glory droopeth to the dust. Damsel of France, I think I have you fast. Unchain your spirits now with spelling charms, and try, if they can, gain your liberty. A goodly prize, fit for the devil's grace. See how the ugly witch doth bend her brows? As if with Circe she would change my shape. Change to a worse shape thou canst not be. Oh, Charles the Dauphin is a proper man. No shape but his can please your dainty eye. A plaguing mischief light on Charles and thee. And may you both be suddenly surprised by bloody hands in sleeping on your beds. Fell banning hag, enchantress. Hold thy tongue. But there! I prithee give me leave to curse away. Curse, Miss Credence, when thou comest to take the stake. Be what thou wilt. Thou art my prisoner. Release me. Oh. Oh, fairest beauty, do not fear nor fly, for I will touch thee but with reverent hands. I kiss these fingers for eternal peace and lay them gently on thy tender side. Who art thou? Say that I may honor thee. Margaret, my name, and daughter to a king, the king of Naples, whosoever thou art. An earl I am, and Suffolk am I called. Be not offended, nature's miracle. Thou art allotted 
to be ta'en by me. So doth the swan her downy signet save, keeping them prisoner underneath her wings. Yet, if this servile usage once offend, go and be free again as Suffolk's friend. Oh, stay! I have no power to let her pass. My hand would free her, but my heart says no. As plays the sun upon the glassy streams, twinkling another counterfeited beam, so seems this gorgeous beauty to mine eyes. Fain would I woo her, yet I dare not speak. I'll call for pen and ink, and write my mind. Fie, de la pole, disable not thyself. Hast not a tongue? Is she not here? Wilt thou be daunted at a woman's sight? Aye, beauty's princely majesty as such confounds the tongue and makes the senses rough. Say, Earl of Suffolk, if thy name be so, what ransom must I pay before I pass? For I perceive I am thy prisoner. How canst thou tell she will deny thy suit before thou make a trial of her love? Why speak'st thou not? What ransom must I pay? She's beautiful, and therefore to be wooed. She is a woman, therefore to be won. Wilt thou accept of ransom? Yea or no? <sighs> Fond man. Remember that thou hast a wife. Then how can Margaret be thy paramour? <sighs> I will best to leave him, for he will not hear. There all is marred. There lies a cooling card. He talks at random. Sure the man is mad. And yet a dispensation may be had. And yet I would that you would answer me. I'll win this Lady Margaret. For whom? Why, for my King, tush, that's a wooden thing. He talks of wood? It is some carpenter. Yet so my fancy may be satisfied, and peace established between these realms. But there remains a scruple in that, too. For though her father be king of Naples, duke of Andrew and Maine, yet he is poor, and our nobility will scorn the match. Hmm. Hear you, Captain. Are you not at leisure? It shall be so. Disdain they ne'er so much. Henry is youthful and will quickly yield. <clears throat> Madam, I have a secret to reveal. What though I be enthralled? He seems a knight and will not any way dishonor me. Lady, vouchsafe to listen what I say. Perhaps I shall be rescued by the French, and then I need not crave his courtesy. Sweet, Madam. Give me hearing in a cause. Tush, women have been captivated ere now. Lady, wherefore talk you so? I cry you mercy, tis but quid for quo. Say, gentle princess, would you not suppose your bondage happy to be made a queen? To be a queen in bondage is more vile than is a slave in base servility. For princes should be free. And so shall you, if happy England's royal king be free. Why? What concerns his freedom unto me? I'll undertake to make thee Henry's queen, to put a golden scepter in thy hand, 
and set a precious crown upon thy head. If thou wilt condescend to be my... What? Um, his love. I am unworthy to be Henry's wife. No, gentle madam, I unworthy am to woo so fair a dame to be his wife, and have no portion in the choice myself. How say you, madam? Are you so content? And if my father please, I am content. Then call our captains and our colors forth. And madam, at your father's castle walls, we'll crave a parley to confer with him. See, Renier, see thy daughter prisoner. To whom? To me. Suffolk, what remedy? I am a soldier and own up to weep or to exclaim on fortune's fickleness. Yes, there is remedy enough, my lord. Consent, and for thy honor give consent. Thy daughter shall be wedded to my king, whom I with pain have wooed and won thereto. And this her easy-held imprisonment hath gained thy daughter princely liberty. Speak Suffolk as he sinks? Fair Margaret knows that Suffolk doth not flatter face or fame. Upon thy princely warrant, I descend to give thee answer of thy just demand. And here I will expect thy coming. Welcome, brave Errol, into our territories. Command an Anjou what your honor pleases. Thanks, Renier. Happy for so sweet a child. Fit to be made companion with a king. What answer makes your grace unto my suit? Since thou dost deign to woo a little worse to be the princely bride of such a lord, upon condition I may quietly enjoy mine own. The country man in Anjou, free from oppression or the stroke of war, my daughter shall be Henri's, if he please. Oh! That is her ransom. I deliver her, and those two counties I will undertake your grace shall well and quietly... Enjoy. And I, Agan and Henri's royal name as deputy unto that gracious king, gives thee our hand for sign of plighted faith. Oh my. Rainier of France, I give thee kingly thanks, because this is in traffic of a king. And yet methinks I could be well content to be mine own attorney in this case. <clears throat> I'll over then to England with this news and make this marriage to be solemnized. So, farewell, Renier. Set this diamond safe in golden palaces, as it becomes. <laughs> I do embrace thee, as I would embrace the Christian prince, King Henri, were he here. Farewell, my lord. Good wishes, praise, and prayers shall Suffolk ever have of Margaret. Farewell, sweet madam. But hark you, Margaret, no princely commendations to my king. Such commendations as becomes a maid, a virgin, and his servant, say to him. Eh, words sweetly placed and modestly directed. Hmm. But madam, I must trouble you again. No loving token to his majesty? Yes, my good lord. A pure, unspotted heart. Never yet taint with love, I send the king. Uh, um, and this withal. Mm. Oh, that for thyself. Oh, I will not presume to send such peevish tokens to a king. Oh, 
Oh, wert thou for myself? But, Suffolk, stay. Thou mayst not wander in that labyrinth. There minotaurs and ugly treasons lurk. Solicit Henry with her wondrous praise. Bethink thee on her virtues that surmount and natural graces that extinguish art. Repeat their semblance often on the seas, that when thou comest to kneel at Henry's feet, thou mayest bereave him of his wits with wonder. Hmm. Bring forth that sorceress condemned to burn. Ah, uh, Joan, this kills thy father's heart outright. Have I sought every country far and near, now it is my chance to find thee out. Must I behold thy timeless cruel death? Ah, uh, Joan, sweet daughter Joan, I'll die with thee. Decrepit miser! Base, ignoble wretch! I am descended of a gentler blood. Thou art no father, nor no friend of mine. Out! Out! My lords, and please you, tis not so. I did beget her all the parish knows. Her mother liveth yet can testify. She was the first fruit of my bachelorship. Graceless! Wilt thou deny thy parentage? This argues what her kind of life hath been. Wicked and vile. And so her death concludes. By Joan, that thou wilt be so obstacle. God knows thou art a collop of my flesh, and for thy sake have I shed many a tear. Deny me not, I prithee, gentle Joan. Peasant! Avant! You have suborned this man of purpose to obscure my noble birth! Tis true. I gave a noble to the priest, the morn that I was wedded to her mother. Kneel down and take my blessing, good my girl. Wilt thou not stoop? Now cursed be the time of thy nativity. I with the milk thy mother gave thee when thou suckest her breast had been a little ratsbane for thy sake. Or else when thou didst keep my lambs afield, I wish some ravenous wolf had eaten thee. Dost thou deny thy father, cursed drab? Oh, burn her! Burn her! Hanging is too good. Take her away. For she hath lived too long to fill the world with vicious qualities. First, let me tell you whom you have condemned. Not one begotten of a shepherd swain, but issued from the progeny of kings, virtuous and holy, chosen from above by inspiration of celestial grace to work exceeding miracles on earth. I never had to do with wicked spirits. But you, that are polluted with your lusts, stained with the guiltless blood of innocence, corrupt and tainted with a thousand vices. Because you want the grace that others have, you judge it straight, a thing impossible to compass wonders but by help of devils. No, misconceive it! Joan of Arc had been a virgin from her tender infancy, chaste and immaculate in very thought, whose maiden blood, thus rigorously effused, will cry for vengeance at the gates of heaven. Away with her to execution. And hark you, sirs, because she is a maid, place barrels of pitch upon the fatal stake, 
that so her torture may be shortened. Will nothing turn your unrelenting heart? Then, Joan, discover thine infirmity, that warranted by law to be thy privilege. I am with child, you bloody homicide. Murder not then the fruit within my womb, although you hail at me a violent death. Now heaven forfend, the holy maid with child. The greatest miracle that e'er you wrought. Is all your strict preciseness come to this? She and the Dauphin have been juggling. I did imagine that would be her refuge. Well, go to. We'll have no bastards live, especially since Charles must father it. You are deceived. My child is none of his. It was Alanson that enjoyed my love. Alanson, that notorious Machiavel. It dies, and if it had a thousand lives. Oh, give me leave. I have deluded you. Twas neither Charles nor the Duke I named, but Renier, King of Naples, that prevailed. A married man? That's most intolerable. Why, here's a girl. I think she knows not well. There were so many whom she may accuse. It's sign she hath been liberal and free. And yet, forsooth, she is a virgin pure. Strumpet, thy words condemn thy brat and thee. Use no entreaty, for it is in vain. Then lead me hence, with whom I leave my curse. May never glorious sun reflect his beams upon the country where you make a boat. The darkness and the gloomy shade of death overwhelm you, till mischief and despair drive you to break your necks or hang yourselves. Break thou in pieces and consume to ashes, thou foul, accursed minister of hell. Lord Regent. I do greet your excellence with letters of commission from the king. For know, my lords, the states of Christendom, moved with remorse of these outrageous broils, have earnestly implored a general peace betwixt our nation and the aspiring French. And here at hand the Dauphin and his train approacheth to confer about some matter. Is all our travail turned to this effect? After the slaughter of so many peers, so many captains, gentlemen, and soldiers that in this quarrel have been overthrown and sold their bodies for this country's benefit, shall we at last conclude effeminate peace? Have we not lost most part of all the towns by treason, falsehood, and by treachery? Our great progenitors had conquered. Oh, Warwick, Warwick. I foresee with grief the utter loss of all the realm of France. Be patient, York. If we conclude a peace, it shall be with such strict and severe covenants as little shall the Frenchman gain thereby. Since, Lords of England, it is thus agreed that peaceful truce shall be proclaimed in France, we come to be informed by yourselves what the conditions of that league must be. Speak, Winchester, for boiling collar chokes the hollow passage of my poisoned voice by sight of these, our baleful enemies. Charles and the rest, it is enacted thus. That, 
In regard, King Henry gives consent of mere compassion and of lenity to ease your country of distressful war and suffer you to breathe in fruitful peace. You shall become true liegemen to his crown. And Charles, upon condition thou wilt swear to pay his tribute and submit thyself, thou shalt be placed as viceroy under him and still enjoy thy regal dignity. Must he be then as shadow of himself, adorn his temples with a coronet, and yet in substance and authority retain but privilege of a private man? This proffer is absurd and reasonless. Tis known already that I am possessed with more than half the Gallian territories, and therein reverenced for their lawful king. Shall I, for lucre of the rest unvanquished, detract so much from that prerogative as to be called but viceroy of the whole? No, Lord Ambassador, I'll rather keep that which I have than, coveting for more, be cast from possibility of all. Insulting Charles, has thou by secret means used intercession to obtain a league? And now the matter grows to compromise? Standest thou aloof upon comparison? Either accept the title thou usurp it, of benefit proceeding from our king, and not of any challenge of desert, or we will plague thee with incessant wars. Uh, my lord, you do not well in obstinacy to cavil in the course of this contract. If once it be neglected, ten to one we shall not find like opportunity. To say the truth, it is your policy to save your subjects from such massacre and ruthless slaughters as are daily seen by our proceeding in hostility. And therefore, take this compact of a truce, although you break it when your pleasure serves. How sayst thou, Charles? Shall our condition stand? It shall. Only reserved you claim no interest in any of our towns of garrison. Then swear allegiance to his majesty, as thou art knight, never to disobey, nor be rebellious to the crown of England. Thou nor thy nobles to the crown of England. So, now dismiss your army when you please. Hang up your ensigns. Let your drums be still. For here we entertain a solemn peace. Your wondrous rare description, noble Earl of Beauteous Margaret, hath astonished me. Her virtues graced with external gifts do breed love's settled passions in my heart. And like as rigor of tempestuous gusts provokes the mightiest hulk against the tide, so am I driven by breath of her renown, either to suffer shipwreck or arrive where I may have fruition of her love. Tush, my good lord, this superficial tale is but a preface of her worthy praise. The chief perfections of that lovely dame, had I sufficient skill to utter them, would make a volume of enticing lines able to ravish any dull conceit. <laughs> and which is more, she is not so divine, so full replete with choice of all delights, but with as humble lowliness of mind, she is content to be at your command. Uh, command, I mean, of virtuous, chaste intents, to love and honor Henry as her lord. And otherwise will Henry ne'er presume. 
Therefore, my Lord Protector, give consent that Margaret may be England's royal queen. So should I give consent to flatter sin. You know, my lord, your highness is betrothed unto another lady of esteem. How shall we then dispense with that contract and not deface your honor with reproach? As doth a ruler with unlawful oaths, or one that, at a triumph, having vowed to try his strength, forsaketh yet the lists by reasons of his adversary's odds. A poor earl's daughter is unequal odds, and therefore may be broke without offense. Why, what, I pray, is Margaret more than that? Her father is no better than an earl, although in glorious titles he excel. Yes, my lord, her father is a king, the king of Naples and Jerusalem, and of such great authority in France, as his alliance will confirm our peace and keep the Frenchman in allegiance. And so the Earl of Armagnac may do, because he is near kinsman unto Charles. Besides, his wealth doth warrant a liberal dower, where Renier sooner will receive than give. A dower, my lords? Disgrace not so your king, that he should be so abject, base, and poor to choose for wealth and not for perfect love. Henry is able to enrich his queen, and not to seek a queen to make him rich. So worthless peasants bargain for their wives, as market men for oxen, sheep, or horse. Marriage is a matter of more worth than to be dealt in by attorneyship. Not whom we will, but whom his grace affects, must be companion of his nuptial bed. And therefore, lords, since he affects her most most of all these reasons bindeth us in our opinions. She should be preferred. For what is wedlock forced but a hell? An age of discord and continual strife, whereas the contrary bringeth bliss and is a pattern of celestial peace. Whom should we match with Henry, being a king, but Margaret, that is daughter to a king? Her peerless feature, joined with her birth, approves her fit for none but for a king. Her valiant courage and undaunted spirit, more than in women commonly is seen, will answer our hope in issue of a king. For Henry, son unto a conqueror, is likely to beget more conquerors. If, with a lady of so high resolve, as is fair Margaret, he be linked in love, then yield, my lords, and here conclude with me that Margaret shall be queen and none but she. Whether it be through force of your report, my noble lord of Suffolk, or for that my tender youth was never yet attaint with any passion of inflaming love, I, I, I cannot tell. But this I am assured. I feel such sharp dissension in my breast, such fierce alarms both of hope and fear, as I am sick with working of my thoughts. Take, therefore, shipping post, my lord, to France. Uh, agree to any covenants, and procure that Lady Margaret do vouchsafe to come to cross the seas to England, and be crowned King Henry's faithful and anointed queen. For your expenses and sufficient charge among the people gather up a tenth. Be gone, I say. For till you do return, I rest perplexed with a thousand cares. My lord. And you, good uncle, banish all offence. If you do censure me by what you were, not what you are, I know it will excuse this sudden execution of my will. And so conduct me where from company I may revolve and ruminate my grief. 
Thy grief I fear me both at first and last. Thus Suffolk hath prevailed, and thus he goes, as did the youthful Paris once to Greece, with hope to find the like event in love. But prosper better than the Trojan did. <laughs> Margaret shall now be queen, and rule the king, but I will rule both her, the king, and realm. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show, presents Chapter 7 of Henry VI, Part 1. Featuring the voice talents of Kendra Murray as Charles the Dauphin, Bruce Davis as the Duke of Alençon, Cat Peterson as Joan Lapoussel, Carson Campbell as York, W. Keith Timms as Suffolk, Justine Leah Hintz as Margaret, Josh Kibbe as Rainier, Walter Mack as The Shepherd, Julia Eve as Warwick, Sarah Palmero as Cardinal Winchester, Emmeline Tuck as King Henry, Pete Lutz as Lord Protector Gloucester, and Edward Herman as Exeter. Dramaturgy and audio adaptation by Morgan Z. Soul. Directed by Jeff Robinson. Produced by Pendant Productions. Music by Josh Mullen at thetunepeddler.com. This production is copyright 2023, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.